everyone, and welcome to Sugar Daddies, a podcast where two grown men rate and review seasonally available mass-produced foodstuffs. As always, to my right is Alex. And as always, to my left is Chris. So this is part two of our Lolly and Pops episode, because you brought back way too much stuff for one episode. You know, I figure it's a season finale. We got to go big or go home, except we're still going home. So, as you said, this is episode two of Lolly and Pops. If you haven't listened to episode one, I'd really suggest going back and listening to that. To start off round two, we have cookie butter truffles. It's an assorted box of butter truffles. All of them are cookie themed. So I know what a regular truffle is. And from that knowledge, I feel like I can extrapolate a butter truffle is a truffle that instead of using ganache just has a pat of butter in the center of it. Here's the thing that started off as a joke, but like really ended with me wanting to make those. So I think in this case, it's not cow's butter, but cocoa butter. Mm. So the box that we have here has six different flavors in it. There's peanut butter, oatmeal raisin, graham cracker, cookies and cream, snickerdoodle, and speculose. I know almost all of those. What is a speculose? That is a great question, Chris. I don't have the answer, but Chris Cruz does. This to Chris's thing is not going to get confusing at all. So the speculose is actually a Belgian biscuit. And so they use those, uh, the Belgian biscuit on the outside. And again, it's chocolate ganache in the center and dark chocolate coating on the outside. So is this the speculose? Correct. Okay. And so again, what makes that flavor profile so unique is the use of the anise. So it almost has like a black licorice kind of taste in there, which might seem a little odd for a cookie. But that flavor with sweet, with chocolate, actually does a really good job pairing mm-hmm. off together. Obviously, I tried the speculus. The other truffle that I tried was the peanut butter truffle. So to quick fill in anyone who's unfamiliar with truffles, these are not rare chocolate-covered mushrooms that are dug up by a pig or a well-trained dog. So instead, these are balls of ganache, which is a soft chocolatey sort of mixture, almost like a very wet fudge, rolled in some level of powdery material. And in this case, they opted for cookie-based flavors. That's right. They have a chunky, powdery outside texture and a creamy chocolate interior texture. Well, before we get too much farther, let's give these a try. So I've had quite a few truffles. One problem I always have is I have trouble describing what they taste like. There's just so many flavors going on in such a small delivery zone that it gets really difficult to pin down what's going on. That having been said, I do like these. I agree. That was sort of the thing that befuddled me the first time I tried them. Upon trying them again just now, it reminded me of the inverse of a chocolate-dipped cookie. Yeah, so to break down the peanut butter one, the chocolate ganache was really good. That was covered by a nice protective layer of regular chocolate and that was rolled in peanuts and salt is what the package said i believe so there are an awful lot of ingredients on the back of the package i'm pretty sure that's all that it was rolled in yeah it really tasted like there was more stuff going on than just peanuts and salt i wonder if it was the ganache itself that actually had those interesting flavors it's difficult to say i can definitely see where they got their inspiration if i were to have done a blindfolded taste test I don't think I would have mistaken it for a peanut butter cookie, but I can definitely see where their point of inspiration is. Oh, for sure. Yeah, which is fine. 
Because if I wanted a peanut butter cookie, I would just eat a peanut butter cookie, not a truffle. Right. These definitely don't take the place of a good cookie. These are their own thing. You have to want the chocolate and then also have a small hankering for a cookie. And honestly, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm sort of drawn to truffles. They're not incredibly interesting just on their own. What makes them fun is the different flavors that they riff on. They're like confectioner's jazz. But instead of a bunch of instruments terribly playing all at once, you have a delicious treat. So nothing like jazz. It's the improvisational and riffing nature of jazz, but without the chaos and then just everyone randomly laughing when someone played a funny note. I don't understand it. Sorry, I got really worked up there about jazz. Got a lot of feelings. Jazz fusion, you're okay. So we all know what peanuts and chocolate taste like. The other truffle that we had, though, that was the interesting one. Speculose, a cookie I've never heard of before like a week ago. I'd never heard of it either until Mr. Cruz told me all about it. Wait, Tom Cruise? Yes. As Chris said in the clip that we played, it's a Belgian cookie that is assuming I didn't screw up and cut the clip wrong. What I was more taken back by is the sheer amount of spices in it. There's a lot going on. Yeah, and that was one of the things where it's like, there are too many spices happening at once. It makes for a very flavorful cookie, but a very confusing cookie. I mean, it's good, but it gets into one of those flavors that you're like, this is great. I don't know what I'm eating, though. So to kind of equate it, it's like having barbecue sauce and then trying to pick out the individual flavors that comprise barbecue sauce. Uh, So having looked up some speculos recipes on Pinterest... There is, I believe, almost every single Christmas spice in these. You've got ginger. You've got molasses, technically not a spice. You've got nutmeg. There's clove in there. There's star anise. There's just so much going on. To stretch a metaphor and beat a dead horse, this is the Voltron of flavors. All the flavors come together to form one thing. Well, Chris, I'm really glad that you enjoyed these truffles by Lolly and Pops. We are not out of truffle zone yet. Oh, we've got another one? This is a spicy passion truffle by Dahlman. Is the passion passion fruit? It is. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was the fruit or simply the abstract concept of intense love. It may be a little bit of both. Okay, gross. Mr. Cruz (laughs) was very excited about this. This was the one piece that... Wait, Ted Cruz? (laughs) Yes, Mr. Cruz specifically picked this one out just so I could taste it, because I think he really loves passion fruit. He has a passion for passion fruit. Yeah. I don't know how he feels about dad jokes. So what makes up the spicy bit? So it's not actually spicy like you'd think, like a chili pepper spicy. It's actually a uh, Japanese seven spice combination. Oh, okay. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. Well, according to Google, it is black peppercorns, dried tangerine peel, red chili pepper, Flake nori, which is dried seaweed, I believe, sesame seeds, poppy seeds, and minced garlic. I have all of those things in my cupboard except for the seaweed. Well, you too can make your own Japanese seven spice blend. So upon further Googling, I can't actually find any actual uses for the seven spice powder except for making flavored mayonnaise with it, which is both enticing and upsetting. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that, especially because this is on top of a chocolate truffle. You know, that's something 
I never thought would be told to me as a method of reassurance, but now it has. So that's life now. (laughs) All right, well, let's get the mayo dipping sauce ready and I'll try this last truffle. So I didn't think of this before I ate it, but I am not a big fan of the combination of fruit and chocolate. Oh, yes, that is a problem. It's weird. I just forgot about that. I was so excited about the seven spice powder on top of it. Togarashi will do that to you. Mm, Yeah. That having been said, though, out of any fruit and chocolate combination, this is the top of that pile, though. All right. Pushing that bias aside, the ganache is really good. It's very liquidy. It's almost like a caramel, like the caramel you'd find in like a caramello bar. It is a very similar consistency to that. Yeah, you bite it and it is running out. So the passion fruit is good. That spice powder on the top of it, you're not overwhelmed with it, but it does play second fiddle very well. Uh, You definitely get that hit of spice as an aftertaste in the back of your throat. And one thing I tried was to just lick the top of it just to try to get that spice on its own. Wow, it is strong. Uh, It's interesting because when I tried it, I I did not lick the top of my truffle, but I actually felt the whole thing to be very subtle and cohesive. Once you eat it and like all those flavors are mixing together, it's very subtle. It it is like a gentleman tipping its hat to the chocolate and not uh, a neck bearded person saying, well, actually (laughs) just spice splaining to us. You know what? Here's the thing. That joke wasn't going to go in initially, and you added that, and now it's going in. (laughs) Along with this explanation, talking about the joke. The various truffle vendors that Lolly and Pops deals with are all top of their game. I feel like just by the nature of how difficult it is to make a truffle, you do kind of have to know what you're doing. I mean, if Hostess rolls up with their own line of truffles, which, let's be fair, is just going to be like, a quarter of a Twinkie rolled in some awful coconut. You know, here's the thing. I'm saying that out loud now, and I'm kind of into it. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, actually, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, call us, hostess. We got some time off to work on deals. So we're closing the curtains on the truffle portion of this episode, and we're heading into territory that, by this point, we should both be very comfortable with bizarre flavors. And... A bizarre flavor we've seen before. These are sour pickle balls. There is no part of that sentence I liked. These sour pickle balls come from the Alamo Candy Company, straight out of Texas, where our very own Mr. Cruz comes from. Wait, Carnival Cruise Lines? Yes, Carnival Cruise Lines, Chris. Wow. Lolly and Pops must be doing very well for themselves to get Carnival Cruise Lines. You would not believe how that ship fits into the store. You're right, I would not. So if listeners remember back to our Christmas episode, we had some pickle-flavored candy canes, which were good, but not really pickled-flavored. These don't have that issue, because I believe they are made of dried pickle? Did you tell me? Yes, these are actually made from dehydrated and then powdered pickles. And to give you an idea of what they look like, uh, imagine a pickle, now imagine drying it, and then pushing that into a sphere. They do not look appealing. I am pretty excited about these. So my first question, why? Why would someone possibly need these? That is a fascinating question. One I still struggle with. So once again, Chris Cruz has some excellent reasoning here. 
We'll start off sour. We'll do the sour pickleball from uh, San Antonio, Texas. I myself am actually from San Antonio, and I can tell you that the most common use for this product, um, well, there's actually two. One is to turn your mouth completely green and to kind of watch the expression on the other person's face as they eat this powdered pickleball. Um, the other thing that you can do is also flavor your drink with it as well. It adds a little bit of an acidity to it, and then it just kind of changes the color of the drink. So uh, it's used in some local cocktails as well as um, non-alcoholic beverages as well. Well, so we're not opting to put these into a drink. I'm simply taking the path of shoving it into my mouth hole. I am pleased to hear you say that because I've never even had a whole one in my mouth before. Okay, the way you say that <laughs> kind of makes me worry. <laughs> okay. I fear I've made a mistake. Yes, the look on your face is going to be priceless because that's what Chris told me before he gave me my half. And that was exactly what I thought about when I gave my dad his half. Did the look on your dad's face meet expectations? Oh, yes. Well, I I can think of no other ways to procrastinate. Give me the pickleball. Ugh, just, ugh, no part of that sounds good. This is not a candy. This is a journey. So I did not have a full one. We, we did split one in half, and Alex graciously took the bigger half oh god i need water hold on (laughs) sorry about that so i pop this thing in my mouth and other than not having a crunch to it it tastes exactly like a dill pickle dead on there's no question about that flavor and it's just a little sour at this point i'm staring at alex i'm keeping a pretty straight face and then i make a critical mistake in asking do i chew this thing The answer is always yes. Once you break through that outer crust into the inside pickle nougat, a sentence I never thought I would say and hope to never say again, it unleashes the most diabolical sourness. So this not only has sour in it, but it has chili powder. I honestly did not taste much of the chili powder. There's maybe like a little bit of spice to it. There's a little bit of heat in there. It's not terribly spicy by any means. It just adds to the complexity. If I were to compare these flavors to an animal getting in your house, it's like having a squirrel running around while an orangutan just destroys your sectional sofa. I mean, yeah, hey, the squirrel's an issue, but there's a bigger concern in the room. So having said all of that, my God, I really like these. They're sort of addictive. These are super good. Like it's a fun punishment candy. There's definitely an element of masochism to it. Oh, entirely, yes. There is a reason why I'm excited to go out and buy another packet of these. So in the episode, Sour Grapes of Wrath, we had a bunch of incredibly sour candies, which I didn't care for because they didn't do anything interesting with being sour. They were just sour. I would put this at the same level that those were in terms of sour, maybe a little bit less, but they do something incredibly interesting with it i think even without the sour these things are incredibly interesting but the sour really adds that secondary punch to it oh yeah like who's sitting in a marketing meeting i mean like look ladies and gentlemen our pickled flavor candies are not selling how do we move these pickles 
And then someone sheepishly raising their hand and being like, what if we also make them cause physical pain as well? Genius. Yeah, the Alamo Candy Company has a number of other things you can buy from them that are potentially equally weird. Yeah, I gotta say, I love pickleball. Another sentence I didn't think I'd have to use. That's something fun to bring to a party. Oh, for sure. And as we've learned, you can put them in alcoholic drinks, non-alcoholic drinks. You can just eat them for funsies. Maybe blend them up in some mayonnaise. Just eat that right out of the jar. That actually sounds really good. You could just like put that on a sandwich. Yeah, these went from an insane idea to an actual like pretty good idea fairly quickly. Well, I'm glad that we could end our last episode of season one on such a high and crazy note. So a special thanks to Lolly and Pops for helping us out with this episode and showing us some absolutely mind-bendingly absurd candies. And of course, a very special thanks to Mr. Cruz. Wait, Chris Cruz of Lolly and Pops Candy? Yes, that Mr. Cruz. If you're in Minnesota, I would highly recommend you visit the shop. He has done an amazing job. If you're outside of Minnesota, definitely check out the website. See if there's a location near you. Alex, where can people send suggestions for season two of Sugar Daddies? Well, you can find us on Facebook if you search for Sugar Daddies Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Sugar Daddies Pod. And on Instagram, you can find us at Sugar Daddies Podcast. If you'd rather send an email... You can reach us at comments at sugardaddiespodcast.com. Well, as the sun sets on season one of Sugar Daddies, I think we've made a lot of real good candy breakthroughs. I've learned about Lester and his fixins and how one should never stray anywhere near them. We've tread a lot of uneven ground here, but where we flatten the earth, others will pave it. Yeah. But where we're going, Alex, we don't need roads. Where, oh my god, there's been a murder! Someone shot Brock's. He had a lot of enemies. It'll have to wait for season two. I didn't want to do a cliffhanger, but... This is going to take at least 30 to 35 episodes to figure out who the culprit is. Never mind that, Chris. Someone spilled candy. Sure, yeah. I mean, I got a dead body here, but I guess your problem's pretty big, too.